You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. and welcome to another episode of the Film Feast Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bledsoe. Uh, this week, we're continuing our series on the retro hero movies of the 1990s by talking about The Shadow from 1994. Uh, tell me talk about it. I'm joined by a first-time guest of this show, uh, but he's been a friend of the show for a while and a friend of mine on Twitter for a long time as well. Uh, it's Patrick Bartlett. Patrick, how are you doing? I am good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being here. I'm glad we finally are actually getting to... Uh, speak to each other to be on uh, friends on Twitter for a while now. So oh, no, it's an, it's an honor. I'm really, I'm stoked to do it. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. <laughs> I don't know it's called an honor before, but I appreciate it. <laughs> so, You're welcome. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about the shadow, but uh, uh, I, I don't know. I'm kind of curious before we jump into anything else. Uh, are you overall a fan of these, these retro hero movies from the nineties? I am, but mm-hmm. I do think it is so weird that like, in the early 90s, they were like, well, the Batman movie made a lot of money. You know what kids love? 30s Pulp Heroes. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know that's accurate, but it did work on me. Because like the Phantom, the Rocketeer, Shadow, like I didn't know who any of them were, but I like superheroes. So I was like, all right, I'll be there opening day. And I was, and they were delightful. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I kind of had the same point recently too, where I was like, so the lesson they took from Batman was like kids want like 30s heroes because that movie has a very retro aesthetic. And I don't know why that's what they took. <laughs> they don't like they don't want more comic book heroes. They want or modern comic heroes. They want old radio heroes and older comics. So heroes. weird. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> they don't want Spider-Man and the X-Men. That's that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for the Phantom. Like, no, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> They want guys that were big on radio during the depression. It's a very <laughs> bizarre, it, it's a very bizarre time, which I, I, we've been talking about. And it just, uh, I mean, but a fun time because it was very unique and very mm-hmm. different. And uh, um, the movies are all, the ones we're talking about are all different from each other. Of course, they, they share the similarity of being kind of retro in the nineties, but uh, it's, you know, everybody complains about MCU stuff. And I'm guilty of this too, about how they all kind of feel like they're off the same kind of factory line. Um, but these don't feel like they're from any kind of like focus group. It's like, it, it's very bizarre how you know, these all got made and yeah. And uh, diminishing returns shadow. We'll talk about, um, this is when I think the wheels started to come off. And, that is, uh, that's fair. I'll grant you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Financially finance. And it's funny. Cause yeah, I love this stuff too. And apparently like not enough kids were going to see this stuff in the theaters. I'm sure these all killed on VHS rentals, but I don't know if, uh, we were the ticket sales were there exactly but uh yeah i mean it worked on me i don't know i had i had a bunch of shadow toys like i was all in on the shadow but um 
very weird time. We'll talk more about it. But before we get into the shadow, um, we talk about stuff we've seen lately. So do you have a few things you want to bring up that you've, that you've watched lately, other movies? The first thing that I thought of is Spiderhead. Because, like, I apparently wildly misinterpreted what that movie was going to be. And therefore, <laughs> I think I liked it better than everybody else that I know. Because I was expecting, based on that poster, because I didn't really watch trailers, if I can help it, I was expecting, like, some sort of political thriller. And I was like, this is not that at all. This is so weird. I <laughs> love this. Like, I didn't know this was I was getting. This is great. I am super down with this. Like, everybody else was shitting on it. I'm like, you, I don't understand your logic, but maybe you were expecting something different. I was, like, really pleasantly surprised. Like, it's Chris <laughs> Hemsworth being a friggin' weirdo. And, like, Miles Teller is there. And, like, Journey Smollett <laughs> is present. But, like, Chris Hemsworth is being a weirdo. And it's, there's Yacht Rock. It's just, it's just fantastic. Like, it's, like, it's so fun. Like, it's not good, necessarily, in any kind of objective sense, because it's so insane but it's fun. And I had so much, I had such a good time watching it. <laughs> I have not had a chance to see it yet. I want to though, because the cast is good and it's Joseph Kaczynski who yeah. just did Top Gun Maverick and had a huge hit. And I know this was like a talk of Twitter recently was that Netflix was not promoting this movie very well at all. They don't is, really ever, to be perfectly I know, honest They don't you. really ever, unless it's Stranger Things. They don't exactly. Unless it's like Stranger Things, like they don't really give a shit. <laughs> it's just like, it's just kind of like. Just, it's so weird. It's so, it's like, it's like a layup. It's like such an easy, like, hey, we have a new movie from the guy who just did Taka Maverick, which is a huge hit. And it has Chris Hemsworth, who's Thor. And it's like, and they just don't even bother. It is, it's not even that. It, that would be its own thing, which would in itself would be insane. The weirder thing is that movie from the guy who did Maverick starring Thor, I had to search for. It wasn't like on the page. I had to search for it. No, on Friday, I had to search for it. I was like, what the hell? That is even more bizarre. I at least thought it'd be front page of Netflix when you open up on Friday. That's, they don't, I don't know what they're doing over there. And I don't think they do either because- That's fair. There, I mean, I don't think that, like, you know, obviously they had their problems lately, like their financial issues. They're starting to kind of show like, the chinks in the armor are starting to come out, but uh, um, and marketing is one of their problems. It makes yeah. no sense. Like, no, how easy right. is this? I, I just don't, I don't get them. I'll still watch it. A lot of people have said like, it's kind of goofy, like it's kind of yeah. silly, but it's fun. So I'm, I'm in. Like that I, you know. go. That thing is like for me. Like if it's like, it's like my whole thing because like um, uh, our friend, uh, Twitter friend Chris Barreras, uh, DM me the other day because he had finally started watching Moon Knight, and he was like. So, because you're the only other like opinion that I would really make sense on this, because like he knows much about Moon Knight, he's like, "Is this what you expected?" And I was like, "Oh, well." I was like, "It is not the Moon Knight show that I ever thought I would get," but at the same time, it's so weird and like delightful <laughs> that I still enjoy it. Like, it's not like at all the comics, but the comics still exist, so I'm not like mad about this. Like, it's fine. It's just and it's weird enough that I'm like, "Oh." This is like, it's quirky, if you will. So I was like, this is fine. I, I can live with this. This is okay. Like, it's better than just like standard, like, beat em up. I'm like, this is cool. This is fine. It's not what I would have ever expected, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think I should have managed my expectations for Moon Knight because uh, I was disappointed because I guess I expected something different than what they delivered. Uh, uh, I, well, yeah, I grew I up, I mean, like, I love that character since I was a little kid. So it's like, but the thing is, as soon as they announced it for Disney Plus, I was like, 
So they're not going to have like him cutting off the Bushman's face or anything in that, in that show. Like that will, that will just not be a thing that happens. So like <laughs> when I walked into it, I was like, I know this will not be what I picture in my head when I think of Moon Knight. So like, let's see what they actually do. And it's fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, uh, I'll check out Spiderhead at some point. Uh, it's, on, it's sitting there on Netflix. I'll, I'll yes. see it. I'm still behind on the kind of new stuff. But um, what else have you seen lately? <laughs> I hadn't watched since I was a child The Last Dragon, but for whatever reason, I think it's because people were doing it in June exploitation that I was like, oh, hey, I should watch The Last Dragon again. I haven't watched it since I was like five. Holy <laughs> crap, that movie is amazing. I like, I thought that I was wrong as a child. I was not wrong. I was absolutely <laughs> right. That movie was amazing. <laughs> I've actually never seen all of The Last Dragon. Oh my Lord, you are uh, missing out. <laughs> I know, it seems right up my alley. I've seen bits and pieces when I was a kid. I remember seeing parts of it on TV and I was like, well, this movie's crazy. And I don't know why I didn't watch the rest of it, but um, yeah, I know it, it seems like a perfect June exploitation type movie and I've never seen it. Maybe I should fix that before the end of the month. <laughs> yeah, no, it's rad. Like I was like, I was surprised because like I am not like the biggest martial arts movie guy, but it's like, again, it's, it's kind of like the like I was saying with like Spiderhead and also Moon Knight, where like it's so insane that I cannot help but feel tremendous joy upon watching it. It's just so friggin' crazy that <laughs> I love it so much while I'm watching it. It's so it's such a good time. It seems super fun. I mean, it I'm really like, is. Yeah, I'm down for that. Uh, it's on HBO Max. I really gotta, man, I gotta mm -hmm. watch that. All right, I'm adding my list. Uh, so <laughs> the never-ending watch list gets another movie on it. Um, okay. Well, anything else on Last Dragon before you move on? <laughs> or is that just it's fun? It's great. It's 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 just it's. I mean, like it's. I don't even know how to describe it to somebody. Like it's basically it's like it's like every martial arts movie you've ever seen, but not at all. Like <laughs> it is like it's like a comic book martial arts movie but not like in like the Shang-Chi way, like in an actual like 70s comic book kind of way. Like it's insane. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, cool. Cool. Uh, do you have anything else or? Uh, Off the top up? of my head? No. Okay. But those, because those are the first things I thought of. Okay. It was two good ones though. I need to see both those. So yes. um, I only have two as well. I've been watching a lot of stuff like for podcasts and um, my June exploitation viewing for FS movies, June exploitation has not been going great mostly because I've been picking, I mostly pick new stuff and I, I don't, I've been having bad luck picking new stuff. <laughs> like, um, but I won't mention those things. I won't mention those. I, uh, I did watch one that was pretty good for Italian horror day called nothing underneath. Have okay. you heard of this or seen this? I have not, but I'm also not really an Italian horror guy. Like I respect <laughs> it. Like I think that it's that they're generally, well done it's just i don't vibe with them but they're like they're beautiful <laughs> to look at uh, yeah it's all about the vibes of those movies because yes. uh if you don't get on its wavelength i feel like it's like what what is this and uh it took me a while to get into italian horror but now i'm pretty in but i still have to be in a specific mood to watch i can't just like throw it on whenever usually <laughs> so um yeah this one's weird uh it's like i think a lesser scene italian horror movie there's a vinegar syndrome blu-ray of it with another movie on there uh okay. called too beautiful to die so nothing underneath is uh i mean a very typical setup it's like there's a uh, killer killing fashion models in italy i mean it's but but the weird twist comes from there's a, a model in italy um who disappears her brother is a park ranger in yellowstone national park Okay. And they have some kind of like psychic connection. So okay. he knows that something's wrong and he travels to Italy um, to find her. And he teams up with 
Donald Pleasance. Okay. <laughs> and if you ever want to see Donald Pleasance eat spaghetti in an Italian Wendy's, nothing underneath <laughs> delivers that visual. <laughs> it's a very bizarre. So they go to have lunch at a Wendy's in Italy, and he's eating like spaghetti without marinara. And I believe he says he doesn't eat things that are the color of blood. So I, I was mean, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's 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 so weird. Um, it's very bonkers. I mean, it, it's funny because it's like it it it's. It's for most of the movie, like the setup's pretty crazy, and there's some good kill scenes. Most of it's like fairly straightforward, for, mm-hmm. but then the ending, like, just goes like real full on bonkers. Like, I was sh- kind of shocked at how it ended up. I was like, oh, this is where we've arrived, and uh, um, it really just goes for broke at the ending. I mean, if you if anyone's on the fence, like, the ending is worth <laughs> watching the whole movie. Um, I mean, it was it was fun. I had a good time like it because, uh, like I said, sometimes not in the mood for Italian horror jello. And it's like but this was like a, a pretty, pretty fun watch. So, yeah, nothing underneath uh, from 1985. Yeah, from that, that was a fun one. Um, the only other one I'll mention is a newer movie that I've been waiting to see for forever. It feels like um movie called Mad God. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that yet, but I do really want to see that. Yeah, it's good. It's real. So it's again like get on its wavelength because yeah. it's real weird. Um, so uh, if anyone doesn't know this, I mean, I feel this premiered like at festivals like a few years ago, and like um, Mad God is a passion project from uh, Phil Tippett, uh, who's a very well-renowned uh, special effects guy, animator. He works with models a lot. He worked on Jurassic Park, he worked on Robocop, worked on Verhoeven a few times, he worked on Starship Troopers 2, and uh, not Starship Troopers 2, but just the original Starship Troopers. (laughs) Um, Starship Troopers as well. (laughs) Yes, as well, yes. Um, A very well-respected, well-renowned guy, and uh, he's been working on Mad God for like 30 years or something, Like, because it's all kind of Ray Harryhausen style um, done and everything, you know, painstakingly handmade everything um had a whole bunch of people helping him with it for years kind of i think abandoned the project at one point because he, he was like well the world's headed to you cgi so they have no use for my little you know <laughs> like uh movie anymore with the uh the ray harryhausen style and uh he got back around to finishing it uh it's it's real fucking weird it's it's like it's <laughs> like you had a hard time with last dragon like how do you describe that to people it's like mad god kind of has to be I think just seen uh, it's also because there's it's basically I think there's no spoken dialogue in the whole movie. It's just you're just watching this characters go and, and putting the story together. And I don't think anybody speaks um, throughout the whole thing. Um, I'm trying to give any kind of rough. <laughs> basically, there's some kind of explorer who's in this kind of I don't know, I would say a World War Two looking gas mask type getup who seems like he's descending into what may or may not be hell i'm not really sure and uh uh it's pretty nightmarish like there's stuff in this where i'm like well i wouldn't even if i had nightmares like this i'd be shocked because it's (laughs) like it's there's monsters they encounter and um it's just really dark and messed up and very bleak and like um it's it's so unique though i feel like they use this line a lot when they're putting some new movie it's like a uh, uh, unique vision from a visionary yeah. filmmaker yeah. like that's mad god like i will say that like you may not people may not love it not, like people complain that it was kind of like what's the point of this i'm just watching this stuff happen there's no dialogue blah, blah, blah. but it's like 
if you're just there to look at how amazing it looks, you will not be disappointed. Um, yeah, that's what I'm there for, honestly. Basically, okay. the reason I'm sold on it is because it's like, oh, hey, Phil Tippett did a movie. Like, I was like, because, I mean, he, like, there's that whole joke, like, the entire, that like, that line in Jurassic Park, like, when they, they basically, they, Alan calls them extinct, came from, I guess, Phil Tippett when he first saw the CGI T-Rex and was like, well, my career is over. Like, <laughs> so it's like, the, like, the idea of him coming back and doing, like, a stop motion movie, I think is, I thought, I thought it was really cool when I first heard about it. I was like, that's, that's pretty rad. And like, so like in the end, that's all I really need is like, if it's, if it's like interesting and it's visually interesting, I'm probably going to be into it. We'll see. It, it definitely is all those things. Yeah. So amazing stop motion animation. Like uh, he does do, there's one thing I don't like really, I, I don't like where he incorporates some live action or some real people mm-hmm. into it, which I just don't think looks as good. It's kind of breaks the illusion. Like there's like real actors at certain points. Mm-hmm. Um, not a whole lot. Um it doesn't overuse them, but they kind of when you when they pop up, it's like they kind of they kind of just break the illusion of what you're seeing because the stop motion animation stuff looks so good and everything he made looks so amazing. And then when they shoot these real actors in there, it just doesn't quite it didn't quite work for me. But like luckily it's not too much of that. Um I it's wild. Like it really has to be seen to be believed. And I people seem kind of mostly like it there's people who split on it people don't like it but um just kind of know what you're getting into i feel like i was so excited to see it because it's been around for years it just kind of i think it was like ready right before covid it was at festivals and shutter it's on it's on shutter shutter finally picked yeah. it up and put it out um so it's there if anyone shutter it's an hour 23 minutes i'm that long so just i can't i i would recommend it because it's super unique it's very cool um it's I haven't seen really anything like it. It's bananas. So um yeah, Mad God was was I thought pretty cool. So um yeah, I think that was really all I had to talk about. So um we can just get right into the shadow. So um yeah, we're okay, where to start here. So why don't I ask you, were you so you saw this in a theater in 94 or yep. I will wow. never forget it because like I was with my best friend uh who was visiting. And um, we went because like, for whatever reason, my grandparents put like a dinner party or something and they said they wanted to get rid of us. And so like <laughs> we went to a movie and we both wanted to see The Shadow. So we saw The Shadow and like dug the hell out of it. And then like went outside and started playing. Uh, there was like a Mortal Kombat machine that we played. And we like, we're supposed to be both supposed to save a quarter to call my grandparents. And we both thought we had the last quarter and we did not. So we ended up running miles upon miles upon miles <laughs> when I was like 11 years old. I think it was the most run in my entire life. So to this day, I will never forget the shadow because like, I have that connection of like, oh, hey, that night was an adventure. It was like Lord of the Rings, but in fast motion. <laughs> it sounds like a pretty memorable night at the movies. I, yes. uh, it's like, I, I don't really have a good story with the shadow. I was going to say, like, I was how you saw in a theater because I would have been seven when this came out. Uh um, it also broke our trend of everything being released in June. It came out mm-hmm. July 1st. It almost <laughs> so close. Every other movie, Rocketeer, Dick Tracy, Phantom, all released in June. Shadow, July 1st. So close. But um, I missed it in theaters. I guess no one wanted to take me. And <laughs> But I, I rented it constantly from the video store. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, even being on vacation at my grandparents' house in Florida and renting it. And 
like never one of those weird things where it's like I should have owned it because I rented it so much. <laughs> but yeah, I, that's actually fair. I never owned it either, but I did like rent it a bunch. That doesn't I never really <laughs> thought about that, but yeah, that's legit. I was like, I should have just bought this film. My mom, like, can we just buy this movie? I've I rented it 50 times. Can we just like uh probably not 50, I don't know, but it was it was a good amount. Uh like I said earlier. I had the toys from it. I was like, oh man, Phantom is the shit. He he uh he out of all these retro heroes, obviously, I would say is the darkest. Yes. Uh I believe the shadow character made in the thirties actually inspired the creation of Batman. Could have, I have no idea. Okay. It's not I, impossible. <laughs> I I believe I just heard or read that somewhere, and I can definitely see it, especially and this might make a coincidence, but the whole so in the shadow, Alec Baldwin's character uh, is in Tibet, I believe. Mm. Okay, and he's uh, well, he's kind of a bad guy. So that's different than Batman. But he he basically trains for like years over there, like seven years. Comes back and he's a he's like a Playboy millionaire, which is yeah. that's Batman. So I was like, oh, this is very Batman Begins. But add on that if Batman was a like heroin drug kingpin in Tibet <laughs> before he became a good guy um like Alec Baldwin in the shadow I so they must be there's a lot of connection tissue there and I feel like this more than almost any of the other ones of these retro 90s movies is really going for the the Batman thing uh the 89 Batman oh thing. definitely oh I mean, definitely it was yeah. not you know it's not, it's not even like I mean I do feel like the whole thing is like all like the retro hero things is it's like okay you had two dials in front of you where like basically one would give you more of the other. And it was like, there's one dial that is Superman 78 and one that is Batman 89. And like the Rocketeer and Dick Tracy and the Shadow, all of them are like basically just playing with those dials where it's just like, we have this much of this tone, this much of this tone, this much of this aesthetic, this much of this aesthetic, but it's all kind of like one big soup and it's delightful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i feel like rocketeer really cranked toward the uh, uh superman 78 side because it's yep. very uh fun and light and this cranked shadow cranked really hard to the uh the batman 89 side um i don't you know what's funny because i was trying to think about this today because i was watching the shadow and uh i out of the four that we're talking about in the series of dick tracy and rocketeer and shadow and phantom I think Shadow may now be my least favorite, but that's not that's fair. I'll too you much that. of a knock. It's because I still do really like it. Um, it was funny because a few years ago I would have said Phantom was my least favorite, but Phantom, upon some rewatches, has grown quite a bit. Right? Yeah, like so. I genuinely like had kind of not like forgotten it per se because I know I'd always remembered it. But like until the last couple of years, I hadn't really thought that much about it. Like I was just kind of like, oh yeah, that existed. And then like it was like, I think it was because they, they did an episode on junk food cinema about it. And then like um, more recently they did um, as part of like the Ethnos Movie Fest. And I was just like, you know what? The Phantom is freaking awesome. Like it's not good <laughs> in the traditional sense, but I'm really, really enjoying this. Every time I watch this, it is delightful. I just, I, I really, really like it. <laughs> yeah, I almost feel, and that, that's funny. If there was another dial you could crank for like Indiana Jones, I feel yeah. like Phantom was cranking that dial. And uh, it almost feels like it, in a way, it kind of almost aged the, maybe the Rock Tier is the best, but it feels like it aged very well. I'll say it aged, Phantom aged very well because I feel like it, at the time, I think was kind of written off as like goofy and the whole purple suit people could take it seriously but i feel like now it's kind of earnest and just fun and 
it feels like kind of a breath of fresh air amongst a lot of superhero movies that get very serious and very kind of oh, dour. Totally. Dour. Oh, totally. <laughs> like that is not the Phantom. Oh no, that's uh, the thing. Is like that's like my whole thing with like I. I, I basically like because I am I grew up a comics nerd like anyone who knows me knows my like comics like my arms are covered in comic book tattoos <laughs> like I love comic books but like I spent years like wanting them to take comics more seriously because like there was like the, there was a period like the last one kind of was Batman and Robin which was not at all taking superheroes seriously and then it's like <laughs> I got too much of what I wished for like because like I got the Nolan movies which is exactly what I wanted but then it's like Zack Snyder was like, oh, no, we're going to make this so much darker than you could ever imagine. I'm like, I don't want that. That's not what I'm asking you. <laughs> I, uh, you know, what's so funny. I kind of agree with you. It's like because after Batman and Robin, uh, I was like and I was only 10. I was still like, oh, man, that was not good. What have we done? Like, because I mean, my God, the Batman animated series was darker than Batman and Robin. It was like oh, yeah. I had the cartoon was more serious. So I was like, this is not good. And and then, yeah, they ramped back up. And then I feel like, yeah, it it almost got to a point where things were a little too serious. I'm like, okay, guys, dial it back a little bit. Like, I want some fun in the in my comic book movies. Like, find a balance between Batman and Robin and like Dark Knight Rises. You know, find some middle yeah. ground of like something. It's fun, but it's kind of serious. I don't know. It's a, it's a they have a hard time with that. But um, and for the most part, I like all the Marvel movies. I they, yeah. you're kind of an easy target because they're the biggest you know guy in the room basically and mm. it's like they make so many of them it's like they're you know i don't want them to be better but um you know they the problem with them i feel like and the, the thing i'm noticing with going through the series especially in the shadow it's like directors voices come through a lot more in these movies mcu movies have a problem with think director voices actually coming through i mean i think it was less of a thing when it started than it is now because like the original ones like let's say like for example like iron man is very much a john favreau like it's like if you watch the movies he had made before that that's very much a john favreau movie it's just like it's it's just with this established ip character but it's definitely a john favreau movie and like captain america first avenger very much feels like a joe johnson movie and oh, like yeah. you just you yeah. can kind of go through like the thing and it's like the last couple of years though is where it's been kind of i mean not not I, this is also generalization because like there are certain cases where I, I was actually surprised at how much of Sam Raimi came through on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I do feel like the thing they're doing now more is instead of just hiring somebody and like trusting them to make a cool superhero movie, they're like, we have the bones of this cool superhero movie. We just want you to give it some credibility and like some pathos whenever I'm like, yeah, but that's not necessarily how this is supposed to work like i mean it, it, there is sometimes where it's like i do think that like we got the movie that was going to happen regardless like for example like eternals which i don't love but <laughs> yeah, me neither yeah. i have a thing with like also i don't and i don't mean this in a mean way just there's some directors you don't vibe with i just chloe Zhao is not my scene so it's like when they first said like said that she was doing it i'm like oh, okay and then I saw it. I'm just like, yeah, that's pretty much what I expected. Like, this is like, and it's like, it's fine. Like, I'm not like, this is awful. It's like No Man Land. I'm not saying it's awful. Like, I, I like that the, they're both good movies, whatever. Like, either whatever. I didn't dislike them, but they're also not things where I'm like, 
yeah, I'm going to watch that again tomorrow. Like, it's just like, yeah, <laughs> like, give it, give it, give it like a few years. Then maybe I'll, I'll, I'll care enough to like, or maybe like, at least I'll like forget the things that I don't care about and be like, oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate, man, I've forgotten most of Eternals. And I, I watched it not too, I mean, a few months ago, but yeah. it, it, uh, it, and that's kind of frustrating too, because it's like, I have I only seen one Chloe Zhao movie besides Eternals, which was Nomad Land, and I actually yeah. really liked it which I was surprised by because I didn't think I would get that into it, but I really enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, cool. And like, she has a voice in this one. And I do feel like she has a, her stock comes through a little more, but then in the movie was, I thought very boring. So yes. it was like, you know, maybe not the greatest fit, greatest fit. And I was also surprised how much Sam Raimi came through in the latest Dr. Strange. Um, uh, it almost felt like it was like breaking through like, like a barrier. <laughs> like whenever yes. it popped through, it was like, oh, some Sam Raimi got out. Woo. Like, you know, it broke out of the cage, but um. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, so that'll lead me back to the shadow and the director of the shadow, Russell Mulcahy. Mm -hmm. Do you have thoughts on Russell Mulcahy as a director? Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, like the films of his that I've seen that I can, although I've never seen, I don't think, I don't think I've ever seen all of Highlander 2. I could be wrong. I, I might have, I can't remember. <laughs> um, of the movies that I've seen of his, like Razorback, the original Highlander, this i like his work i think it's visually interesting i do think his sense of pacing is weird <laughs> like he's like full like pedal to the metal like and then instantly it's off like for like a while and then it's like instantly i'm like dude like there really needs to be more like because it's like it's my thing with like all of his movies and i don't dislike anything that i have seen but it is weird as hell to me like, it's like i have friends who like have to like because like um like Highlander, I have I know people who are like that's like their favorite thing ever. I'm like I like it a lot, but I also am like this movie is deeply flawed. Like <laughs> and I was like this is awesome, but it is very flawed. I don't I don't know if you listened to our episode, me and Hayden, an episode a few months ago on the first Highlander, mm. and we lost our mind. I, I love that movie. We lost our no. Mind. <laughs> I, I I I like the movie. Don't get me wrong. It is just like there are so many things about it that I'm just like you clearly like i mean he had, it wasn't his first movie or anything but it was like his first like hollywood Big. movie yeah yeah and i was just like you like there was a lot of things that you can very clearly would treat this as your film school and that's fine but holy crap man like this is not a music video <laughs> like that's <laughs> how most of his movies go it's like is this a music yes. video or um yeah, I it, we admit that the movie has flaws. I just love Highlander a lot, and oh, totally, uh, and all the lore, and I get all the Highlander franchise as a whole. But uh, yeah, I mean, he. So that's what I was gonna say about him is that I think he's kind of hit or miss. But what he always has a insane flair for the, I would say, over dramatic. Everything yeah. is very dramatic. Which I mean, he's. I'm look at IMDb. He's made so many music videos, and yes. when you're making a music video. I mean, it's really all about the visuals. You don't have to worry about a story yeah. usually, you know? So yes. um, he usually kills that. Like the visuals are so striking and dramatic. And, uh, you know, it's, he always nails on that front. I think it's funny you mentioned the pacing because I'm curious if this was just me or you know, this too. I feel like the shadow kind of, especially in the middle kind of loses its pacing. And oh, then, yes. <laughs> and then it feels like in the last 40, 30 minutes, it feels like it has to, get a bunch of stuff wrapped up really really yes. quickly oh yes. okay it's <laughs> it's like almost like they forgot what they were doing and it's like oh shit we have to wrap the movie up and because this time i was watching i was like oh my god there's still so much that has to happen and there's like less than 40 
not even 30 minutes. There's less than 40 minutes left in the movie. And um, things just start happening. Like, bing, bang, boom. Things just start, like, going. And I'm like, oh, wow, we're doing a lot really quickly. Yes. Like, uh, it's it's bananas. I was like, what happened to the pacing of this? Like, um, yeah, it's real weird. I, I don't. So I don't think Russell McKay always has the best grasp on, like, story or pacing. But um, the visuals are top notch. Like, um, a lot of great stuff in the shadow. I always think of... Um, well, I love how he shoots uh, near the opening. Yeah, on the, no, totally. The, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. And it's, I think, well, the bridge, the bridge scene, where, like, there's kind of an opening and there's like the, we get to the New York City part. And mm. I always loved how that looked. Because um, his New York City is very like sound stagey. Yep. It's not real, obviously. It's like a heightened yeah. New York City. But I do love the look of all of it. And I've always been struck by later, there's that billboard that has the smoke rings coming out yes. of it. Love that. I like that's yeah. such it's like um so stuff like that he just um he just nails. Uh pacing and story, not so much, but, <laughs> but you know, what can you do? Um I thought this was weird too with the shadow this time. I want your take on this. I can rarely think of a time that a movie gave me like a I don't know, 10-ish minute intro where we see that we see Alec Baldwin doing things, he gets taken to uh that oh God. the prologue. <laughs> The prologue, and then yes. they then they just give us text after. Usually, usually, I feel like you have a text kind of thing at the very opening. Um, yeah, like, like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, like Highlander does that. Yeah. Legend, Star Wars, obviously. Um, they give you the, the the written kind of thing before Shadow gives you like ten minutes of movie, then stops. I just laugh because they stop the movie and go, "Okay, so here's what happened." <laughs> There's, uh, uh, um, you know, Lamont Cranston uh, studied for a long time and learned how to cloud men's minds and blah, blah. And now he's going back to fight evil. And they just skip over seven years of training and just put him back in New York City, which I guess for pacing is good. I just thought it was very unusual touch. I was curious. Oh, no, know. it's super weird. It's basically the opposite of Batman Begins. It's like, you know, <laughs> Batman Begins is all about that seven years of Batman's away. This is not that at all. This is like, hey, so we're going to show you the very beginning and we're going to show you the fully formed crime fighter. What happened in the middle doesn't matter to you. You don't care. So we're just going <laughs> to skip that entirely. And I'm like, I kind of care. They're like, no, you don't. And they just move on. I'm like, all right, that's fine, I guess. I don't know why there couldn't have been a montage. Like, even like two minutes would have been fine, but okay. It's yeah, it's like they ran out of money. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and they were like, oh shit, we don't have the budget for that training montage where he learns all the tricks out of Cloudman's minds. And it's like, just put up some written text and we'll just jump to New York City. <laughs> like, I just couldn't help but laugh. I was like, this is so unusual, such a weird move to like to to set it up for 10 minutes, shoot a bunch of stuff, and then just show us like to, to let us read what happened and then jump back. <laughs> Which I mean, I kind of appreciate we just get to him being the shadow at that point. Um because I mean, speaking of comic book movies in general, I'm not a huge fan of origin stories. See, I'm actually the opposite, where it's like oh, okay. <laughs> I I love origin stories because like I grew up like just like that's I, I was like I that's why like as many times as you want to give me like people have complained about it. I was like as many times as you want to show me Spider Man's origin story, I'm fine with it. It's fine. We can keep watching Uncle Ben die. I'm not gonna be stoked to watch him die, but I'll I'll still do it because it's a brilliant story to watch like the fully like the spider-man become spider-man i'm super down i get people not liking them but like for me it's just like i don't know it's like my favorite batman story is year one so there you go 
your one is pretty great story. I, it's funny because I walk around now and say to people, I'm like, I've been, I, I openly will say like, I never need to see Batman's parents be killed again. I never need <laughs> to see his parents be killed again. I don't need to see Uncle Ben die. I, so we're very much opposite of that. That's okay though. I just, I am so tired of that. And I, and like, plus I, you know, I was a fan of these comics and the cartoons and you get, it's like, I've gotten the story so many ways. I can't, I just can't like see it anymore. Um, so yeah, I'm just like enough, enough. But um, you know, if you like it, that's cool. I just say it's funny. I'm just walking around going, never again, no more. <laughs> but um, you know, it's yeah. But uh, and I don't mind it being skipped either necessarily. Like Blade, I literally only, and I've been like a comic book nerd my entire life. I only vaguely knew who the hell Blade was, and like they, because I mean, it wasn't like it was a popular character growing up. And like, they just instantly throw you into that and they don't really give you that much. Like as far as like, they show you like his actual like birth, but like the whole like becoming Blade thing is not present. And I'm like, I don't miss it. Oh no, not at all, <laughs> not no. at all. But I mean, especially how hot Blade starts. Like, yeah, uh, I just watched, literally yesterday I came on TV and I couldn't change the channel because it had just started. And the introduction to Blade is like one of my favorite things in a movie ever. When Wesley Snipes walks into that like blood club. Yep. Yep. Oh my God. It's so good. I'm like, yeah, I, we get, it's like, you get the basics. Uh, he's half man, half vampire, daywalker, hunts vampires. Got it. Uh, and they even do, and I think in Blade 2, they do the quick little catch up where Wesley yeah. Snipes does some voiceover. And you're like, cool, got it. Like, um, it's just, yeah, it's like he, he kills vampires. He's good at it. We get it. But yeah, it's like, it's a good point. We don't really see him train. I'm like, I don't need, I don't need all that. I mean, I was, I would actually watch that because I haven't seen it yet, but yeah. Um, but that is funny. So, um, but yeah, Shadow's just like, skip that. He's a shadow in New York City and he's just flying around maniacally laughing at men as he messes with them. <laughs> oh, that's the one thing. The, the thing is, like, I, the one thing about me missing his origins, I don't completely understand his powers. Like, I like, he seems to be like, <laughs> somehow cloaking himself but he's also making weird like shadow men on the walls and whatnot i'm like i don't understand what is happening i don't understand he's like a normal dude with two guns but he's doing all kinds of weird crap with like shadow puppets that i don't understand yeah i don't fully understand the extent of his powers i get here's what i know he can kind of like manipulate people's minds you know like jedi mind trick people uh he can uh yeah cloak himself but then you will see his shadow and that's his like weakness i would say is like if you see the shadow you can catch him but he but kind it of... doesn't work like tim curry just sits there with a tommy gun in like a 360 <laughs> it still doesn't hit him somehow well okay let's oh boy so um yeah, let's talk about this really quick so okay let me hold on let me finish my first thought because I, so, I have so much to say um so yeah uh jedi mind trick people the shadow the kind of visibility his shadow does some stuff. Um, he can move around. I don't know. It's yeah, it is very vague. But okay, I wrote a note. I just said shadow's very easily defeatable. It seems like because <laughs> Tim Curry of all people uh, walks into that uh, chamber, uh, water chamber, whatever the thing is, and uh, and Alec Baldwin, I feel like is very confident. He's like, he's like, I got you. You can tell me all about what's going on. And Tim Curry's like turns the water on. And immediately exposes Alec Baldwin's like trick, <laughs> and it's like, oh wow, he figured that out immediately. He's and, a scientist. Yeah, he figured that out instantly. And Alec Baldwin was so confident that he had this guy. And Tim Curry's like, nope. And then starts shooting and hits him, and there's blood. And then Tim Curry gets out, locks him in. I'm like, wow, your plan backfired so hard, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> 
<laughs> like he, he, it went so badly. I just laugh. And there's that happens a couple times, like where people figure him out, like very quickly. Like the dumb thugs in the lab, like are like, oh, get the shadow. Like they figure out to like. I can't remember if like Khan tells him to shoot the shadow, or they just figure it out. But they kind of stick his shadow to the wall, and he has to like come back out in his normal form. Um, and I'm like, they figure that out so quickly. Like they just. <laughs> It's just it's like it's a running theme. And the first thing that gives us away is they do this whole thing. This is not a weird thing about pacing, I feel like. There should be a scene where Alec Baldwin goes to his like cool secret lair in that back alley, and you just see the setup of that. But they do all that, and then immediately Khan is in his secret lair. It feels like <laughs> it feels like they missed a beat because it's yes. like they show the whole how elaborate is it to get in there. Alec Baldwin sits down. Cons in there immediately. The bad guy finds his secret hideout instantly. (laughs) I just laughed at like, I was like, man, he found that thing with no heads. I mean, maybe it's show how good he is. I don't know. But I thought there should have been a scene where they set up the secret lair. And the second time you see a secret lair, then the bad guy's in there. I thought it was funny. You see the secret lair immediately. The bad guy's infiltrated. (laughs) No, yeah, I do think that you're right. Like, I I do think it was like, that's the way it should have been. But I do think that's what they were going for to be like, this is how good Shawan Khan is. And I'm like, okay, but there's a different way to do this. But that's fine. Like, whatever. I'm not going to. I didn't notice it as a child. So, like, what am I going to do now? Like, it's fine. <laughs> well, even as a kid, it, it, like, freaked me out. I think there was something weird. About, I don't know. It, like, he freaked me out. Like, the, the first scene when when Khan, like, is in the museum, makes the guy kill himself for some reason really, like, made me uneasy as a kid. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a dark scene, I guess that's for some reason. But uh, the way he kind of comes out behind him like a like a monster, so it's like he just kind of like it's like a like a slasher or something. He kind of sneaks, lurks up behind him, and then and then he makes him just kill himself. Is like, oh, this is really dark. Like this is some dark, you know, some dark stuff in here for a, a movie aimed at children. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is. I mean, but the, to be completely fair, like, that's like I remember like it's also like. So I, I mentioned my mom recently where I was like, I do feel like kids bounce off stuff easily, more easily because like when you're a kid, you don't like, you're not like escaping in a movie. You're just like watching it and you're aware it's just make-believe whatever. Right. Cause like, I remember like when, um, like talk about like uh, Batman Returns and everyone just like parents being up in arms. And it was like, I remember seeing it when I was like nine and like, I was a nine year old and I was just like, I mean, why is any of this, like a thing like it's like it's weird penguin man and like <laughs> woman brought back by cats like i was like i don't understand what you think is going to happen by me seeing this like i was like <laughs> but i assure you we're fine uh yeah that's i yeah i was so young when that came out and i was allowed to watch it nobody cared it was batman but and then i didn't hear years later there was a controversy when oh, it yeah. came out and uh <clears throat> and i was surprised i mean i you know i think i knew it was kind of like a dark movie but um, I think parents overthink things for their kids. Like, I think they yeah. think we're thinking about the same way they are or not. Like, um, you know, yeah, I'm like Penguin Man. Of course he, like, eats fish raw or, like, you yeah. know, I don't think I got any of the, I don't think I thought it was, like, overtly sexual. No, because like, I didn't know what that meant. Like, right. so, so it's like, <laughs> that's the other thing is, like, people do that. And I'm like, there's jokes in, like, I was about this other day with somebody where it's like, there's jokes in Spaceballs. I didn't understand until I was, like, in my teens. But I watched it, like, 10,000 times as a child, but I thought it was hilarious. It just didn't get those jokes. There was other jokes that I did get. So it's like, there's tons of stuff that children will enjoy. 
And there's other stuff that people will, that they'll just ignore and move on. They're not going to ask questions necessarily. They're just going to keep moving on with their lives. Right, right. It, I don't. I think I think it's going to cause way more um, issues than it does for any kid. Like I didn't think about that hard, mom. I just saw some cool shit and enjoyed yeah. it. Like I wasn't, I wasn't really processing what I was seeing. So, um, yeah. And and Shadow has some weird stuff. Like there's, I I feel like it's funny because this is written by David Cap, who's a yep. a very renowned screenwriter. Um, I don't know if some stuff happened in making it or rewrites. I'm not sure. Like, but I think there's kind of an odd tone thing with shadow. Cause it, it's the darkest of all four of these, I would say take Tracy. It's kind of dark, but like, um, but it's, it's, but it also has like, it tries at humor and I don't know. Some stuff's funny, but I think sometimes it, it, it's, it's like, are you trying to be funny? Is it supposed to be? It's awkward. Like some of Alec Baldwin's like line deliveries are like so deadpan, no, yeah, like I said before, like it's like the the the, the Superman seventy eight, Batman eighty nine dogs. We're just like <laughs> we're like treating this as like tongue in cheek. We're treating this as deadly serious. What are we doing in this moment? <laughs> yeah, I mean, from moment to moment, sometimes it's like different. It's like, oh, now they want to be yeah. a little funny. Like sometimes he has one liners. Like I thought it was weird when he's fighting uh one of those like thug henchman guys in the lab, and they fall and they land on like a gargoyle or something, and he says to him like. He lands on top of him, the guy dies, and he's like, Next time you can be on top. And I'm like, What? <laughs> like, <laughs> what, are we, what? what are we doing here? Um, just it's like, That doesn't fit anything that's happened. And uh, and yeah, he has some, oh, what does he say to her? They're talking about their dreams, him and Penelope Ann Miller. And uh, she's like, Oh, I dreamed I was on a beach and it felt amazing, and blah blah. And he just like deadpans, like, What does he say? Like, I dreamed I was being killed, or my dream yes. I ripped my face off and I was another man. And she's like, You got problems, <laughs> you need help or something. Um. And I was like, that was a weird comedic beat. Um, yeah, I mean, Shadows, that's kind of the story of the Shadow. This time I was watching this movie's kind of like all over the place. And like, I enjoy it from kind of a like perspective of it's kind of like a fun, messy movie in a way. <laughs> oh, no, totally. That's, I mean, that's the whole thing is like, I feel like that's kind of, the, again, like the vibe of all of them is like, like and I didn't do the Indiana Jones thing, but that is fair to add that in. <laughs> but it's like, there is definitely like this specific, like, war because even like you look at like people talk about like burton's batman as being like this is the dark night it's not really like it's like <laughs> it's still a very like tim burtony movie like it really wasn't until it became like it's like because at the time all you had was batman 66 tv show you had no like frame of reference for dark batman so it was like so comparably yes i guess this is like this is the dark night, but I was like, it's not really. It's just like <laughs> it's just darker than Donner Superman. That's not really a, like a high bar of darkness. Like, what is your like? I don't understand what you're saying. That's true. So yeah, it's like my true. whole thing with all of these. It's like the only things that really existed to compare to were like these two kind of totemic things. Whereas now it's like everything that comes out because there's so much that has come out, so much that continues to come out. There's like a lot of different things to compare things to, but there really was only kind of that. At that time, where it was just like there are these like Superman movies that have four of them of differing quality, and then there's like <laughs> I, I think there was two Batman movies at this point of yeah, like yeah. I, I would say good quality, but it's just like it's just like that's all you really had for like if you're a filmmaker to try to be like this is a comic book movie. Like they didn't like necessarily because I feel like the only person who had like an actual like vision of like what they wanted a comic book movie to be, like what a comic book is, is when Sam Raimi made Darkman, like, and he made up his own superhero that was in the vein of the shadow. 
but it was very much like it had elements of what Burton did, but it was also very much like Sam Raimi having the proving before Spider-Man he understood how comic books worked, like how the actual medium of comic books worked and how to translate that to film. But I feel like not, not, not a lot of people were making them. Like, I don't know that Russell Mulcahy, he actually cared about comic books as much as like, he was like, oh, cool. It's a chance to do this basically like over the top action movie. And like, because if you're breaking it down, like Highlander is basically a superhero movie if you really break it down. So it's like, in that vein, like I get why it is the way it is. Cause it's like, it's, you, you didn't have, if you didn't read comics, I feel like you didn't have a North star to go with, except for like uh, things that were not necessarily like what you're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, at the time that, yeah, they didn't really have much of a template to work with off what comic book movies were like, um, they, you know, it's so funny. It's like, I feel like the paths diverge, like, especially in 2008, because 2008, you get Dark Knight and Iron Man. And I feel yep. like those, you go two different directions. You go, yeah, the MCU route, which is like more jokey and a little lighter for the most part, or you go the Nolan route, which is like more grounded and serious. And um, now it feels like every super movie is some one of those two things. And, exactly. Because uh, like, but, now it's just like, that's kind of like where you, yeah, like that's like those are the polarities. Yeah, it's like, which one do we want? But the, yeah, this time, they, I don't think they really knew. They were just like, I'm just making a movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, it's funny you bring up Sam Raimi, because I almost forgot to mention this. I'm glad you said something, because um, did you read that Sam Raimi originally wanted to adapt? And oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was denied the rights. They wouldn't let him do it, which is like a, a bummer. But he made Darkman, basically, because he couldn't do The Shadow. The Darkman is like his version of The Shadow. Oh, no, that's um, the thing that's like hilarious. Is like Sam Raimi ended up making the biggest comic book movies ever made. Some of the biggest movies in general ever made. But like when he wanted to make superhero movies, they basically just kept being like, eh, go away. Go make your goddamn <laughs> evil dead things. We don't want you here. It was like, he's like, I want to make a Batman movie. Like, yeah, that sucks. We're not doing that. It's just like, but I think of Sam Raimi Batman movie would have been amazing. Especially better than what Joel Schumacher did. But like... Well, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, now I kind of enjoy those Schumacher movies when I have distance from them. But I would have, oh, I would rather have a Sam Raimi Batman movie, you know, all day long. But um the yeah i mean it's it's so funny they denied him and then he goes on and makes like yes yeah, the biggest super movies of all time it's like <laughs> you know like because i really feel like he nailed it i mean really better than like anybody with his spider-man the first couple spider-man movies it's like that kind of captures to me like what i want a comic book movie to be and i feel oh, like no, it captures like stanley like his voice like it's very much like a silver age comic book come to life like those first two. And actually I would still argue three. Like I think the one problem with three, well, the one problem. <laughs> um, the major problem with three is you tried to shoehorn in the modern element of like Venom and the symbiote. And that just did not jive with what Sammy was like comfortable with and trying to do. And that drags the entire thing down. So like, but I feel like the reason the first two work is because he did understand how like silver age comic books work. So he knows how to bring them to life. And I feel like that's kind of also the thing, also like golden age comic book. Cause I feel like the like dark man is very, it's very like, there's definitely shadow. There's definitely Batman. There's definitely, there's a very like old school vibe to it. While also feeling very like dangerous, which is cool. Cause you don't actually get that in your movies. Definitely not now so much. 
right like, <laughs> certainly not then <laughs> yeah yeah i mean and just even like a a sense of experimentation that they're allowed mm-hmm. to have that you know like because like, russell mckay's doing some wild stuff in the shadow like he's doing like some some very uh inventive things like some very over the top like we say it's very dramatic um i mean there's just little stuff that i love in this that is so like I'm surprised he even put the effort in like the, the when someone drops a message for the shadow and you watch it go through that whole like pneumatic tube thing yes. to drop into his like and you watch the whole trip basically through the city. And I'm like, I love that he included this detail. This is so like fun and ridiculous. And um, like, what would you think? Uh, I mean, like things are so especially near the end. I feel like things really get like uh, when they get into the uh invisible hotel basically it's a very cool touch i thought that was pretty amazing as a kid that that when they're like oh what's this empty lot doing here it's like well, wait it should be empty and there's oh he's brainwashed entire city and there's actually a hotel here then you get in there and there's all this like crazy stuff like um uh i like talk about over dramatic i love when tim curry's like losing his mind and spinning around with that tommy gun you already kind of talked about um yeah that also is a recurring theme for these movies is someone wildly shoots a tommy gun at some point <laughs> in every one of them um but uh and just freaking out and then i don't know if it's better or worse that the shadow like doesn't just kill him he makes him kill himself i'm like jesus <laughs> like that that almost feels more uh malicious in a weird way <laughs> no that's fair although i will say it's like it is weird that like and okay and this is in no way an insult to do john loan as Shawan Khan, because I actually still to this day, a big part of the reason I remember this movie is like, I always really liked that villain. However, having said that, the fact that you had Tim freaking Curry and you just used him to be like the freaking sidekick villain is insane to me. Like <laughs> he's Tim freaking, he's darkness for Christ's sake. Like he is the guy who was supposed to be the Joker, but he was too scary. Like, holy crap and then uh yeah that's i mean that's a great point it's like he's it's like he's the side villain you know he's like the second villain it's it's a little uh i mean he gets a he gets a great scene where he gets to freak out and shoot the tommy gun it's like that's what every scene he's in is great like he he sells the crap out of all of it like he's only in like three or four scenes but all of them are exponentially better because he is in them so like, i am in no way there is no shade whatsoever i'm just simply saying holy crap like <laughs> When you had when you signed Tim Curry, you write him some more scenes. Like, good lord, <laughs> that is true. You think they'd add him more scenes once they had Tim Curry? It's like, yeah, that's that's a great point because I I'm surprised he's had more to do. Like, I was this time I was remembering. I was like, oh yeah, he's not in this as much as I remembered. No, um, yeah, and like like I think it was like a year before he was like the uh, Cardinal Richelieu in like Three Musketeers. So I was like, so you just like downgrade him for being the main villain in something to this? <laughs> like, what the hell? That made money. What's going on? Very weird. I don't. I don't get it. But he everything he does is memorable because I remember yeah, every totally. bit that he's in. So, but John Lone is kind of great because he's he has so great. He's, he has some very him and Alec Baldwin. I think both uh, have some very uh, what's the word? Uh, the, the way they choose to read some lines are kind of bizarre, but like very memorable. Like so, I mean, the way John Lone. The way he, he has a great voice, I feel like, and yep. just the way he says some stuff. Um, every time I say this kind of thing, I feel like I can't come up. I everything in my head is like, wait, what is he? Like, <laughs> there's just, um, I love their kind of first meeting. Like I said, when he infiltrates uh, Alec Baldwin, Shadow the Shadow's Lair, um, <laughs> they're so casual with each other. 
Like, yep. he's like, I want some of your American bourbon. And it's like, Yinko, I want your American bourbon. And then he's, he's like, I'll, I'll fit a bourbon. Like, when he fits, like, um, and they, and, and he's like, where'd you get that suit? He's like, Brooks Brothers, it's a 23rd or whatever. Like, they're just so weirdly casual with each other. Um, but also very standoffish. It's, uh, that scene always struck out to me as like the tone is because like I said, as a kid, I was kind of freaked out that the villain had infiltrated the lair like immediately. And then they just have this very like casual conversation <laughs> for a long time. It feels off kilter in a way I think is actually is interesting though. <laughs> yes. No, I think cause he, well, cause yeah. Cause like most of the time you get like in really, I mean, not even just superhero movies, Christ, like in any like big action, action movie, movies, yeah. it's like, it's all very like operatic and like, everything even if it's like funny it's still like the conversations are like the weight of the world is bearing on this conversation going the right way whereas like in this it's just like it's just kind of them filling each other out which is kind of it's interesting in and of itself where it's just like hey i wonder if i can get this guy on my side without actually trying that hard and it's like within the conversation the answer is not so much and they have to fight each other but like he tried and they have a, they have a nice little chat in the interim <laughs> yeah it's just a very it's a very strange hero villain uh interaction but i appreciate it. it's weird it's different it's like it's not what you would expect when the hero and villain meet up you know so um i found that fascinating this time on the rewatch um and yeah i love later they meet up and like uh again he does, he does have a suit like he's like uh kind of getting into the american ways now <laughs> that's a weird thing uh the shadow like alec baldwin is like hey buddy that's a good old usa you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> well that was also the other thing is it was like I, there's a, the thing that reminds you that it's like 30 serious where it's just like oh yes the time when it was like nationalism right all right that's fine <laughs> there was a, there was a lot of patriots yeah patriots too in uh the rocketeer yep i know as i'm saying that entire era <laughs> it was it was a thing at this time um and yeah i just thought that was so fun there's so many little like weird touches and, uh, and that scene ends at such a such a Russell Mulcahy thing I feel like because it's so over the top and so ridiculous that that scene in the restaurant ends with Alec Baldwin and John Lone shooting guns at each other and the bullets collide in midair yes <laughs> it's like very very uh ridiculous and uh you know but I I kind of love that and yeah, I don't know. This movie is wild. Uh, do you have like do you have notes or points you want to bring up? I've I've been talking a lot. I'm sorry. Oh no no no. We're like I have chimed in when I need to. We're all we're all good. Okay I just, okay. Again, like I just like I don't know. My only thing is again like I was just like I do think like also it's I get why they do it, but like cause like I like it's it's the same thing with like, action movies, but it's just like I do think like in addition to like the nebulousness of the powers, I also think. Like, I don't necessarily need the um, romantic subplot. Like, I get why it's there. I don't need it. Just like Batman. Like, we're just like the original Batman. Like, I don't necessarily need Vicky Vale. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's fine that it's there. I get why it's there. I don't need this. Like, it's my thing Like with this too. It's just like, I'm like, I feel like she exists to like, kind of give partially for exposition's sake but also just partially just to like bring in it not just being two dudes like constantly just having little delightful chats throughout the film <laughs> that occasionally fight each other so like, i get the <laughs> presence of it but it's like i don't necessarily know that i need this like this is not necessarily something that i, I like i need 
but I understand why it's there. <laughs> yeah, I, it's why I was going to ask you about her specifically. So I'm glad you kind of brought her up. Uh, what do you think of Penelope Ann Miller in this movie overall? I mean, she's fine. Like, I have nothing <laughs> bad to say. Like, I just don't feel like she's necessary. But there's also other characters that I don't think are particularly like they like when they keep showing like the running gag of uh, him constantly going to lunch with his uncle, the police captain, where it's like, yeah, the first time was fine. Like when you just showed that like he's like basically Lamont is keeping the shadow as like a myth that the cops aren't going after. Right. Basically yeah. through sheer force of will on his own <laughs> case. I was like, I don't, I just needed the one scene. You didn't need to keep doing it. It's fine. Like I was like, <laughs> I got the point. Yeah. That's kind of the thing with the pacing too. It's like, we go back to that before we get to like any more important stuff, you know, it's like, it's a, yeah. uh, uh, Jonathan Winters too. It's like this actor has been many, many things and has like three scenes too. I don't know. It's like he's it's like let's get it for a couple scenes. Like we have him for a day. I don't know. It's uh it's yeah, it's kind of like the first time makes sense because you want to know like he's you know using his powers to kind of uh you know push uh, so they don't go after the shadow basically. Yeah. And uh Penelope and Miller though, back to her, is interesting because even as a little kid, I thought, man, this lady feels like a real weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think she has this like she's a stone cold weirdo I like she is playing kind of I don't know if ditzy is the right word it's a little more than that she's just very like in her own little world it seems like which I guess may have something to do with her telepathic powers which is an interesting wrinkle to throw in <laughs> like yes. uh, um, I always laughed I feel like he was a kid at the scene not me I laugh but like I, when he tries to use his powers on her and she's like what are you doing like she's like and it's like because he's all dramatic with the looking at her like you're not gonna i think he does he forget him or something and you're yeah gonna it's, it's, me. It's, it's very much like the wado thing in um like when when quagga tries to use the did i mind trick on wado yeah it's very much like that where it's <laughs> yeah. just like she's just dead like, what are you insane like yeah no. what are you insane what are you doing i'm not gonna forget you and she's um yeah i just always thought she was like in this specifically was very weird and quirky obviously she's a very beautiful woman but like this she's just as like she feels like she's just uh, weird and offbeat. And I, I guess that's something to do with, they're trying to say like, oh, she's weird because she has telepathic powers. I don't know. But um, yeah, her character. To be fair, everybody yeah. with telepathic character, telepathic powers in this movie is weird. So that's actually true. that is fair. The stone cold pack of weirdos. Uh, that, uh, yeah, I, it's funny you bring up that she could be kind of be out of the movie. I, I mean, I, not out of the movie, but the whole romantic subplot, you almost don't need it. It feels kind of forced. Like they could just be partnered up. Like they could just work together, you know, without having to be romantic interest. It's uh, I feel like it was this weirdly like sexist thing that existed in like where it's like like oh well, like women won't go to like uh, an action movie unless like there's like a romantic subplot, and I'm like <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna go regardless, but if they do, I don't think that'll have anything to do with whether or not they enjoy the film. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, honestly, I'm trying to think. I mean, she honestly has, you know, more to do. Oh, does she get captured at the end? Am I remembering this right or no? Is she ever like a damsel in distress? I mean, kind of. I mean, she's basically helping, like she's helping like Ian McKellen, Magneto, um, like <laughs> <laughs> um, to like stop the bomb. But like, she is more of the one in control because he's kind of even weirder than she is. Right. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like, I wouldn't really say she's a damsel per se. Like she's just kind of like, she's off on like the what feels like lower stakes um 
like threat. <laughs> well, Which like, is funny because it's villain. the bomb that'll blow oh, up. Oh, it's the like... way bigger fucking threat. Yeah, it's, it's the way bigger far. threat. But she's like the B story, but it's like a bomb goes off and they don't even, they don't, I think they just hint that it's like a huge, I mean, it's atom bomb, I think, but yeah, basically, uh, yeah. Yeah, basically, they said it's an atom bomb. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was just trying to remember if she ever got captured. So that's kind of progressive for that time is like she's not there just to be captured and him to rescue her. Like she ends up she rescues him at one point in the movie. Yeah. He's in that metal uh, bowl thing that he gets locked in like an idiot. And it's like when he just immediately like the plan goes to crap and he's locked in. And I, again, this was funny. And I think as a kid, I even thought this. It's insane that she makes it all the way over wherever he is from where she is because he calls her telepathically and she's in like a library, I believe. And even if she was like a block away, it seems like it'd be hard to believe that she made it there in time because uh, it's like the water's already filled the thing up. Then he calls out to her and she just, you're in the car driving over there. And I'm like, well, she must've been right next door. But it's, I mean, it was, it was New York back in like the thirties. There was no traffic. It was fine. (laughs) The traffic didn't exist in the 30s in New York. No. Uh, no, I just thought it was funny. I'm like, well, that's a little bit of a stretch movie. And that was like, how can I criticize him? All this other stuff's going on. But I mean, I'm gonna say it's a weird thing. It's like, that's the weird place to draw the line. I know. Like... I don't know. It always, <laughs> even as a kid, it bothered me because I'm like, this is crazy that she makes it over there in like two minutes. I can flat. buy this man with his shadow powers. <laughs> but, but like bizarre. her coming over here, like coming a block in less than four minutes. What the hell? Yeah, impossible. I mean, yeah, I just assumed she was not that close because he's like in a, industrial site and she's in a <laughs> library i just figured there was some distance there but just think it's always bothered me um but it is nice that she saves him and then she helps stop the bomb at the end with her uh with ian mckellen you yes yes yeah, so Andino, yes uh, because talk about you spoke about tim curry being kind of like almost like wasted in a role ian mckellen great actor i mean to be not, fair though like he wasn't yeah. anything at that point like that's true i was looking at his indb and i'm like he was not nearly as no, big yeah. a deal as he was later on but um not much of a part, though, really. He's not. Oh, no, it. no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I remember him being it much more, but. Uh, um, I didn't remember him being in it at all, honestly. Like, oh. I, when, I, when I rewatched it, I was just like, what the hell? Ian McKellen's in this? <laughs> that was, I mean, it had to be the first thing I'd seen him in as a kid. Oh, um, yeah, almost certainly. But uh, yeah, I was like, oh, I thought he had more to do in this. But yeah, she, Penelope Miller really kind of comes through and saves a day a couple times. So um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh... Plus, I feel like I liked her as a child because she was in Kindergarten Cop. I really liked Kindergarten oh, Cop. Yes, yes. Okay, that was the other thing that like endeared her to me is like, yes. oh my god, to leave Kindergarten Cop, and I loved Kindergarten Cop. Like me that was too. a family favorite of ours. Like um, the Arnold movie, we could, we could all watch that Arnold movie together. Yeah, well, I'm pretty thing. sure my parents hate it, but like, because like the, the the one movie we all watched, well, we didn't all watch together. My dad and I watched. With my, I think my brother was Commando. But like, because my dad likes action movies, but like, I feel like Kindergarten Cop, he hated. I feel like I watched it a lot by myself a lot. Like, I feel like nobody else is present when I watch Kindergarten Cop because I'm guessing my parents would not like it. <laughs> my mom still quotes it to this day. It was like one thing she actually really liked. She was like, Oh, I still quote it to this day. Oh, I do too. I say that stuff all the time. But it's so funny. She still remembers it and like, because she doesn't quote a lot of movies, but she will quote Kindergarten Cop randomly. But, um, but yeah, so Penelope, yeah, Penelope Ann Miller was already kind of endeared to me from her part in Kindergarten Cop, I would say. Um, Oh, what else are you gonna say? Um, what do you think of so there's some C, there's a mix of all kinds. There's CGI, there's like we said, the sound stages, there's optical effects, there's uh all kinds of stuff. Um I, CGI, some of it's aged okay. Like I think the shadow effects are okay. That dagger, there's a dagger <laughs> that flies around with a little mouth 
uh, this is insane. I've seen the movie. There's a little dagger with a little <laughs> face and a mouth that will like bite you if it can. Uh, I don't know if the dagger holds up so well. At one point, Alec Baldwin, I think, has a staring contest with the dagger. <laughs> well, if you really I mean, break it down, though, in terms of timing, like it was kind of prehistoric CGI. Like it was like the year after Jurassic Park. So it's like, it's before there was like a really strong handle on CGI. So, like, I, for the time, I think it's fine. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't tank the movie. I just, some of it, yeah. I was like, Ooh, some of this does not look great, but then some of the stuff I think looks yeah, pretty good actually. I think like when he like the the effect they use when he like has to walk out of his shadow basically in the lab, I think it still looks pretty cool. Um, I just laugh at that dagger with the little face. I'm like, this is weird. Like this, it's like again, the shadow's really weird. It might be the weirdest of all four of the retro hero movies. Oh, the 90s. fucking by far. Yeah. Like... <laughs> with like all the yeah mysticism and the mind powers and uh the only one know. that comes close is dick tracy that's not even for like the same reasons just because like oh hey we actually made the big fat face guy like and like <laughs> whatnot that's the only thing that makes it weird like yeah. it's just like it's not actually a weird movie it's just like it's like flat top he's an actual guy with a flat head that's what we're doing like <laughs> like yeah they're really committed to the the character bits of dick tracy which is like the weird thing like mumbles is weird there's some weird touches uh, but yeah, Shadow with all the stuff going on is just, yeah, weird. And uh, it's like, um, yeah, it's very strange. Like I do like, so yeah, some of the plot stuff and it just the pacing sometimes like throws me off. And that's probably why I said it's my least favorite of the four, but I still really like it. And I do appreciate how weird and like over the top it is. Again, Russell Mulcahy is a visual director. Like, Oh yeah, like visually it's, gorgeous like there's like there's stuff especially like that whole shot of like when like um like shawan cons and i think like a kimono or some such like a big robe oh my god he like yeah comes up in the and he like comes out of the floor almost like like, it's like it's like the same kind of pattern that is so cool and like that's just a cool like look and like again like all the stuff in the movie like visually it's amazing like it's just like i feel like of if we're like probably like of the four i was like it's the weirdest but it's also like the visually like it's the most visually interesting by far like because it just like is constantly because like, like, like with the, the effects i was like i will say though i do like that kind of thing where like it was kind of like the thing that kind of has died off recently when they just like kind of like want to cgi everything it doesn't matter like <laughs> we don't need to build anything we don't need no just cgi it's fine like i do like when it's like there's a mix of like well the stuff we absolutely can't do otherwise like weird face dagger we're going to use cgi but like this thing we're gonna do optically this thing we're gonna do stop motion this thing we're gonna do this way and it's like it does kind of i don't know it's like it's almost like i remember hearing the way that they did um the different um steve rogers um in first avenger was basically because they never did these the same way like twice like per scene so like your mind can never completely catch up with the effect it's kind of the same thing with this where it's like, cause it's like so many different kinds of like ways of accomplishing these visual tricks that your brain doesn't completely catch on and reject anything. Cause you're just like, there, there's always just constantly more stimuli. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a good way to put it actually. Um, it's yeah. I don't, it's, it's, and I like that. I mean, that he's using everything to, to make it work at the time. Like, um, and yeah, there's just, I mean, there's a lot going on. So it's, you kind of, it kind of tricks you and, um, 
yeah, I don't think anything stands out as particularly like terrible looking. Like I just watched um uh the movie Mimic recently. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the director's cut for the first time and yeah. uh I know that movie had a lot of problems uh production wise, but like that movie's from 3 years after The Shadow and they have some big CGI bug people and I thought they looked terrible. Like I thought Oh, they this, really did. <laughs> which is un, uh, you know, that's that sucks cuz I Del Toro just has great visuals, but like that's I will say that that was probably also like way less money spent on it is my guess because it was Miramax that put out like Mimic whereas this was like a big studio tentpole so like I feel like the bar was set differently for CGI <laughs> yeah and I, I don't this so the shadow I'm glad you brought that up the money like I think it cost about 45 million I think mm-hmm. uh like it, that. it uh which is a lot for 94 I mean it's like yeah. um That'd be very mid-budget today, but no, um, yeah, totally. Today, that's, that's like that's like that's like the Netflix movies they made before they started making blockbusters, and they were like, "Hey, remember these movies you grew up on in the '90s? Here they are." <laughs> oh, maybe I maybe I was wrong. Uh, it looks okay. If I need to be, to be believed, I thought I read something higher, but it says the budget's twenty-five million. Holy crap, that's really low. Actually, I'm surprised it only cost twenty-five million. Yeah, because yeah. now I'm actually more impressed. Um, yeah. it made forty-eight worldwide, which I remember reading. They said it was a big disappointment, which I guess. Yeah, I mean, you want more your money back, and they probably spend a lot of marketing. But um, I thought it like really tanked. I think the Phantom, the next one, is the one that oh, really the Phantom tanked. tanked hard. Yeah, like yeah, that definitely lost money. That was in the negative. So, but yeah, I mean, the, I read Shadow was like, like they had a, a video game plan for it, and that got canceled because no one cared about the movie. It had bad reception. There was uh, more toys to come out. They canceled those because the reception was bad. Um, so yeah, I but I'm like that's not terrible but i'm sure it's not what they wanted but it's like um yeah this was definitely already the signs i mean rocketeer didn't even do that great they were disappointed in that but well um, yeah that was like yeah like there's a weird thing of like when they were like hey you know what kids like 30s pulp heroes it's like no they don't that's not what anybody <laughs> wanted like we all accepted it and like we were all happy with what we got but it wasn't like we were like hell yeah <laughs> like i don't know yeah. who the, i didn't know who dick tracy was like before that movie was coming out i didn't know right. who the shadow was like <laughs> i mean yeah i'm still watching the shadow but playing with my like spider-man captain america action yeah, figures exactly like, i'm like well these are the movies i have so these guys are cool i did think the shadow looks super cool i like the the look i like the whole get up with the like the black suit and the cape basically and the two guns is really cool the two guns uh, especially because like, i was i think i i'm i pretty much completely certain because there's no way when i was 11 that i had seen john woo right that like i was it was definitely the first time i saw like two pistols like when he like blasts out um the concrete shoes and i was like that is by far the coolest thing i've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> of course i was 11 so i didn't have a lot like to to, to draw from as the coolest thing in my life That's but true. to that point that was the coolest thing i had ever seen I probably thought the same thing because I was even younger and I had not seen a lot of stuff yet. But I, listen, double pistols just cool in a movie. I don't know what. It's oh, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I thought it was so funny. It's like I'm going to shoot these the concrete off with these two guns. I'm like, I don't know if that's going to be safe, but go for it. Oh, it's, it's not at all. But at the same time, <laughs> like he clearly is not somebody who's terribly worried about the safety of others. Like throughout that entire movie, it's just like again, like you like the, the point you mentioned that like, he like drops the guy off the building, just like there's a little bond mot when he dies. Like it's not like he's like Batman where it's like, oh god, the loss of life. Yeah. it's like eh. <laughs> well you're dead now so i'm gonna move on yeah he didn't seem concerned about killing people no. so, um yeah no i think he he has a very cool look i that's why like i was drawn i know i was drawn to look because i'm like he is kind of close to batman he's dark yeah. 
uh you know he had two guns very cool uh he has a, there was a toy for a car which doesn't have in the movie which i was very disappointed about like he had a sweet like batmobile type car they didn't put in the movie um he yeah i mean they have the pieces there like i think this one i'm surprised this wasn't a bigger hit but i don't it opened right for the lion king which yeah that was a mistake uh and like <laughs> every kid would see i mean i saw lion king in theater i didn't see the shadow so um, i saw both <laughs> oh well yeah that's i wish someone would take me to see the shadow but nobody would take me but we you know lion king made uh, who knows how much money a ton of money and uh something came out right after the shadow i was reading that kind of didn't help either we got it, like sandwiched between two big movies and just didn't stand a chance basically and uh you know to be I, fair though i i enjoy the shadow don't get me wrong but the Lion King is an exponentially better film. Well, like, yeah. I'm not gonna like. <laughs> let's not like be like. Why did people go to this instead of the Lion King? Like, there's a reason. There's a, oh, there's no. a very good it's, reason. It's like how you know I absolutely love Last Action Hero, but that came out Jamie, uh, yes, like right after Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park, and yeah. I don't fault people for seeing Jurassic Park. I would have made time for both personally, but that's just me. Uh, that's like, <laughs> come on. I people. mean, to be fair, I was ten, and like I I feel like. I, I went to Jurassic Park in the theater. I know I didn't see, I know I wanted to see the last action hero in the theater, but I did not. So it's like, I would have liked to believe that I would, but I, I know for a fact that I did not. But I was also 10 and I didn't have like a lot of like pull with what I got to go see. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have a lot of, a lot of pull or probably a lot of money. Yeah, so it was like, I got to see what I got to see. So um, it just happens sometimes. Movies, the victim of bad timing. So um, maybe The Shadow came out at a different time. It would have done better. I don't know. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. So I don't know, <laughs> but um trying to think what else i want to mention uh i want to leave anything on the table here that because i feel like there's more about the shadow i feel we talked about so much of it already but uh <laughs> he uh yeah i don't know i i uh well my whole thing I, is like the thing you know like the, i do think the whole thing of it like i do think is kind of annoying because it's it's, it, it's worse now i'm not gonna lie it's definitely way worse now but like the whole thing of like when you clearly held things back because you were planning on doing a sequel that annoys the living crap out of me where it's like the end of the movie where it's just like basically him essentially just winking being like see in the sequel and it's like <laughs> well you didn't get to do a sequel so now there was tons of shit like the cool car you mentioned and whatever the hell else was held back because like you didn't put everything into this movie you're just like yeah we're gonna do like five of these it will get there and then they does it so what the hell man <laughs> they all had the confidence that they were gonna have many yes. sequels and not one of these retro nice movies got a sequel which is great even dick tracy which made a lot of money and sold a lot of merchandise never got a sequel which is crazy and then to yeah fair, Rock i don't know what the hell other i mean i to be fair i've never actually read dick tracy comic strips but i was like i don't know what more story there is really to tell but like <laughs> that's true they used a lot of the villains in that first movie but yeah, they really really did could have made up new guys like uh i don't know big jaw and uh <laughs> elephant ears i don't know uh they could uh, you know unibrow man uh it's like they could have they could have come up with some new guys but uh um yeah i don't know i if that movie doesn't get a sequel and then all those other ones come out and do worse than dick tracy um none of them get a sequel it's kind of crazy because they all I think act like they're going to get a sequel. Oh, no, they, they, they were all absolutely sure they were going to get a sequel. And I'm like, <laughs> well, there you go. And it's like, that's like, I mean, it still happens now though. Like, it's just like, and I mean, I don't, it doesn't necessarily bother me, but it's always funny to me. Like when you see something and like, there's very clearly a setup for the sequel, but I'm the only one in the theater. So it's like, well, there won't be one of those. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's a good point. I, I kind of get a it's 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 kind of mean, but I kind of get a kind of a sick kick out of a movie like that's so confident it's getting a sequel and then it doesn't. I get more of a kick out of it when I don't like the movie. Like, but if I like if I like the movie, then I'm just sad like you are. But I'm like, oh, I want a sequel. But like, I try to think of a movie that like really confidently set up a sequel and I thought it was terrible, but I'm not I'm drawing a blank. But I've, there's uh there's movies that are just bad and they you see the end. You're like, oh, you think you're getting another one? Like what? Like, uh. I well not not the best example I don't think I think of is uh so I didn't love Shane Black's The Predator in 2018. Okay, okay. <laughs> Let's not say things we can't take back. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's the first thing that came to mind. There are better examples. I do think the after credits or after credit scene is not good in the Predator with I will not argue that point. <laughs> okay. I'll pick on the after credit scene. The boy is it Boyd Halbrook? Is that his name? Yes. The, he gets the suit and he says something that's supposed to be cool and i thought it was not cool <laughs> i was like oh my god this movie really is i can actually tell you because i just watched that entire series oh. uh his exact words are because the, the, the suit is the is called the predator killer he's like hope they got it in a 40 long and then oh. it's credits <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right that's right uh the hubris of that movie it's like it's so it's so sure there'll be another one with to be fair week. it wasn't the hubris of shane black because you read all the interviews shane black he was like they were like Oh, what do you do for the sequel? He's like, I'm focused on one movie at a time. <laughs> like, so clearly the studio was like, we're going to do like five of these. But Shane Black was the one that was like, no, 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 no. Let's do this one and hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. I, I To be fair, I kind of want to rewatch it because I know a few people, uh, I, it's popped up recently. People were like, hey, it's not as bad as you guys think. Or you remember? Um, I didn't like outright hate it. I remember, I, was, I, I think my expectations were so high because I really like Shane Black and I'm always rooting for Shane Black. And I love. Okay, for me, have you yeah. have you seen Monster Squad? Yeah, yeah, it's been okay. a long time, but I've seen it. Monster Squad is one of my favorite movies. Has been since I was four years old. The guys who made the Predator made the, made uh, Monster Squad in the eighties. I was going in there expecting something that was in that vein, and I was not unhappy with what I got. Like I was just like, this is basically a grown up version of Monster Squad. Basically, you just have like adult versions of those characters fighting monsters, which are the Predators. I am super freaking down. Like, I was like, I get people not being into this. Just like I got people not being into Predators. But I was like, I there are people who don't like Predator too. I think all of those people are wrong. I think that the entire Predator franchise is awesome. All of them are awesome. Not <laughs> Alien vs. Predator. Predator movies themselves. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, for, it's like a... For me, I mostly like, I, I think I like Predators more than most people. I see people shitting on Predators lately. I don't get it. I'm like, I thought we all liked Predators. What happened? Uh, and I really like Predator 2. Just brought that up on an episode recently. Um, that I really enjoy Predator 2. And of course, I love Predator 1. And like, so I was pretty primed for the Predator. It's so confusing. And like, <laughs> and again, like, I forget Fred Decker or Jane Black. Like, I am in. Like, I could not have been more in for that movie. So I think expectations were like sky high, which was unfair. So I do want to revisit it at some point. I probably want to watch the whole series here soon because Prey is coming out. Yeah, I just uh, did. Cause like, just cause like on Predator Day, like when it was like the anniversary, I watched Predator and I have the 4K of all of them. So I was like, hey, why the hell am I, why am I stopping? So I just watched <laughs> them all and like in quick succession. And like, they're still all delightful to me. I like, I enjoy all of them. Uh, yeah, I need to rewatch them. But sorry to pick on the Predator. It's the first thing I could think of. But like <laughs> a movie that was just very confident it was getting there was some kind of sequel coming and it, it's not happening. But um yeah, I mean I would like to see more of the Shadow. They uh apparently had other ideas. There was a lot of other, and there's a lot of lore to pull from. The Shadow, I didn't realize how like 
multimedia was where that was a thing like oh yeah a radio show there were novels there were comic books um there were other like older live action movies like very i think 40s 50s like maybe even 30s they were very old uh shadow yeah, adaptations like serials, yeah serials yeah it was like um so he was really all over the place and i did read while we were make sure that bob kane did say that that he was an influence on creating batman so um confirm that but i thought that was the case but like it's a very influential character who was all over the place and uh had a lot more to pull from and they and i thought i really do think alec baldwin as the shadow is good casting it might be that i can't oh, think of yeah anybody else because i've watched the movie for so long since i was a kid that i couldn't imagine anybody else doing it but i think it's like apparently david Kep even wrote the movie hoping that alec baldwin would play because he was imagining him doing the lines and um, he's got a great voice for it. He, he's good at that evil laugh. The shadow fucking laughs a lot. I forgot. About yes, he does. <laughs> a lot of maniacal laughter, but, um, so I, yeah, I really like Alec Baldwin. I wish there was more shadow movies. So. Well, I also, it's like, the thing is it almost kind of makes up for like, cause he was up for, uh, Batman when Tim Burton was doing oh, that's it. That's right. Yeah. 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 And I was like watching it, like watching this. I'm like, okay, so he could have done this. Like, he could have done that. I mean, like probably, I'm not going to say as well as Keaton or like better or worse because it's impossible to say, but like, I do think this proves that he could do. I definitely think that he can do the billionaire playboy thing better than Michael Keaton can, but like whether he could actually play Batman himself better than Michael Keaton can, I have no idea. But like, I do think this kind of proved he could, he knew like the way to play those characters. And I've never disliked Alec Baldwin. Like he seems like kind of a dick, but like (laughs) his work, I've never disliked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, he's very like comes into a part. It's very much like I don't know. He what's the word? He brings a presence to it. He yep. really like an authority. Like he always kind of plays those like I feel like tough authority figures, especially later in his career. Um, but he brings like yeah confidence to it. Like he definitely could have played Batman in a different dimension, different universe. <laughs> like he definitely could have done it. And I feel like that was almost this was his like. It's like, okay, I didn't get Batman, but they could do this. And it's very similar. And like, and he pulls it off. He pulls it off. No, um, no, yeah. I do. I do think it's funny. Like what I think about it, like, it's like, a, like he was up for Batman. Michael Keaton obviously played Batman. I was like, so basically Tim Burton was like, everybody in his Beetlejuice cast was up for Batman. Like Gia Davis was up for Batman. <laughs> like, it's just like, uh, like Winner Rider, maybe Robin. Who can say? Who like, can say? <laughs> and you know, what's funny. I almost want to see a world where we flip. And we get Alec Baldwin as Batman and Michael Keaton plays the shadow. Actually, think, that would be rad. Yes. He, I think he could really pull the shadow off. Like, yeah, that would be cool. He could play like a romaniac. So he'd be great. Yeah. No, that's, that's, um, legit. that's, uh, I would like to see that. So, um, I'm trying, I don't know what else to but say. Again, I don't know yeah, what, okay. I don't know what the hell happened to John Lone. Like, but like, I thought he was very good. Like as Sean Khan, he always, I've always remembered him as being like one of my favorite like villains in a comic book movie. Like yeah, he always, he was, very memorable because i think he just has a unique uh, uh presence and like i said his line delivery and line readings are like weird and interesting like um he freaked me out as a kid he had a weird <laughs> craziness in him like he just seemed kind of like a real loose cannon in this movie <laughs> like um freaked me i do out. like the whole thing with like because go back to the bald thing just real, it was like just because like um i do think the thing that was cool if you really break down the way that they portray the character it's actually like closer to wolverine than batman just because like the whole thing of Wolverine is basically the guy who did these horrible things and is now spending his life like trying to make up for them filled with self-loathing more than like Batman where it's just like Batman's like had this horrible thing happen to him and is now trying to make sure it never happens to anybody else. 
like Wolverine was always the guy who's like, I've done countless things that I can't even remember that I know are terrible and I need to make up for all of these things, which is why he was on like 47 teams for a period of the 2000s. Cause it was like, he just had to be, it's, it's, it, that character is all about redemption. And that's kind of the thing that's interesting about Shadow now that I think about it is it's like, it's not like, I mean, cause you could like, like look at the other ones, talk about like, uh, like a Rocketeer, uh, Dick Tracy, Phantom. They're all like good guys, like through and through. Right, yeah. Whereas like, like they're like Dudley Do-Right types. <laughs> Whereas like uh, the Shadow is a dude who is the exact opposite where he like literally was a bad guy. Like he, he they open it with, with him like blasting his close friend and mentor through the chest to kill somebody behind him. Like he is not a good guy. Like something happened in that like training montage we didn't see where he became a good guy somehow and good for him for that. That is actually interesting, like for the time, especially of like, it's almost like an anti-hero situation in terms of these, which you didn't really get at the time. Yeah. And they, I think they have to hint, they do show more than I would expect. They, they, show and hint that he's a very bad guy like he yeah. like there's a flash of him with like blood on his mouth and he's covered like just covered in blood and like um he tells Penelope at one point miller at one point that he's done these horrible things and um basically a barbarian it sounds like i mean i think at one point john lone tells him like you know we're barbarians like it's just like yes. what are we doing um I, oh i do love that that's the great thing i love alec baldwin does he's like they're talking in his lair and he's like you are a barbarian like he kind of it's like you're a barbarian uh and then, um they yeah he has this very dark past like way darker than yeah anybody else the, the other heroes in this series and uh um yeah he it's a it's in, the redemption story kind of makes things a little different and his dark past is there too it it um the, that's the, other thing. It, the movie's tone is like it's pushing against being like real dark and serious with that kind of stuff but then kind of like fun and light with other stuff so you know it's kind of you get you get both there <laughs> yeah no which i mean that, that is interesting actually i know i didn't even think about it but that is interesting and because it's like that what that's what sets it apart yeah yeah that, that's a great point um i forgot john Lone, john uh, john lone played ricky tan in rush hour 2 forgot <laughs> it's like where else have i seen john lone in a bunch rush hour 2 a movie i watched a lot as a child like as a like young teen kid like um we loved rush two in my house it was a big hit but uh um trying to think uh i don't know what else to say about the shadow um have you seen i want to russell mulcahy have you seen uh ricochet yes i love ricochet. okay <laughs> ricochet's amazing um i watched a movie, another watch russell mulcahy movie that i saw last year i want to say with dolph lundgren called silent trigger have you seen that no, I do know the name, but I've never seen it. It's weird. That's a really good example of like Russell Mulcahy, like not having as much money to work with and taking kind of like a really straightforward story, I feel like, and just doing a lot of uh, weird, interesting touches to it. Like, I feel like he makes it seem bigger than it is. It's basically like two snipers stuck in a building and and then there's back, there's like flashbacks and um, but uh, he makes it way more interesting than it should be. I think it was like a DTV 90s action movie that he put a bunch of flourishes on and uh it might have gone to theaters i don't know but it definitely didn't have the budget of the shadow but um yeah russell k he is uh, pretty wild i'll give him that like it's like again 
sometimes the story gets away from him, sometimes the tone gets away from him, the pacing, but like the visuals are always like he delivers on that. So, um, no, totally. and I do think Ricochet, like, it's probably like the nothing, it's just no way shade to like his like more like stuff that's seen is more classic, whatever. But, um, I do think Ricochet is probably of stuff I've seen of his, probably my favorite one by far. Cause like I'd always wanted to see it, but I was not allowed to see it as a child because I grew up in a sheltered christian household um <laughs> where liking action movies and horror movies was not my parents scene um so like i did see it till like a couple years ago like when um, matt essery uh recommended it to me and i watched it and i was just like this is the coolest thing i've ever seen in my life like i am so glad like i wish i had seen this ten thousand times by now but i'm so glad i have finally seen it because holy crap this is really good like there's <laughs> literally jesse ventura and like uh, uh, the John Lithgow having like a samurai fights with phone books. It's insane. It is the most insane movie. Oh, yeah. It's, it's wonderful. Like a prison gladiator fight when they're covered in like phone book armor. Yes. Fighting. Yeah, it's insane. Like, yeah, Ricochet, I need to watch it more. But that's how I, when I first saw it, I was like, where's we been all my life? I saw it like maybe last year or two years ago for the first time. And I was like, oh my God, Ricochet, where have you been my whole life? And uh, um, it's insane it uh i mean highlander still is like tops for me because i just love all of highlander stuff in general but um i'm not shooting at highlander i'm just saying oh no you're fine you're fine i think ricochet as a standalone movie i think it may be like if it's your favorite i totally get that too is it maybe his best i don't know it's like it's insane i i again i just love the craziness of russell mulcahy it's like he's a guy that like you wouldn't let someone like this into the MCU now, like, cause he's too crazy. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> this guy's gonna do some wild shit that we don't probably agree with, but um, it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, but, I mean, yeah, in I, that vein yeah. though, you wouldn't think they would bring in Raimi and they did. So like, and they let him, they basically let him be Raimi, which I was actually pleasantly surprised by. Like, that's true. I mean, yeah, I, I just feel like they're at the point now that I'm surprised they're not taking more chances in the MCU yes. because like, they oh, I think they're a couple of years from that. I feel like that's going to happen sooner rather than later. But I feel like that it's until they actually have a flop and they have to like re-strategize. Right, right. They're going to keep going with what works until the wheels fall off. But like, I do think we're a couple of years from that. Right. It just feels like you're such an established brand and people are going to come. It seems like almost no matter what they're going to come. So it's like, why don't you just let some real like filmmakers with a voice get in there and just not i guess complete not do what they want to do but do more of what they want to do like let the let the personalities come out a little more i don't know like and sam raimi yeah i i i got more of him than i thought i would i know people complained yeah. that it wasn't that much but i i was like i'm seeing a lot of him in here and like yeah i was actually really surprised like pleasantly surprised I, that was like my whole thing is i remember like when they first like i said they showed the trailer uh after spider-man no way home and um i had friends who were like oh they let raimi go raimi on that was like really based on that trailer that's what you're getting from that because my thing with watching that trailer was they were like hey sam what we need from you here is we need you to make this movie we need you to make it look, look as much like scott derrickson made it as possible and then <laughs> like i watched the movie and i'm like oh no there's definitely like visual cues like that it's in the same world but it's also very much like Raimi putting his like stamp on every possible scene that he possibly could so, like, to me, I definitely feel like there's a lot in there. Especially more than, like, something like, and I don't mean to be insulting, but I don't care about the movie, uh, All is the Great and Powerful, where it's like, I was like, 
Sam, you can't leave on that note. I just can't allow that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been avoiding it for a long time because I don't you're, you're better think off. I want to see it. But uh, yeah, it's I know bad. Of... It's just so mediocre. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard a lot of people say that they're happy he didn't end on that movie. <laughs> but I know it's not well liked by hardly anybody. But uh, I, 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 maybe I'll maybe one day when it's like the last movie I need to see by him. It almost is now. But um, I, I have just watch. one left. It is for the love of the game, and I'm going to put that off for as long as I possibly can. For the rest of my life <laughs> oh yeah i'm not much of a uh baseball movie guy it's I, you know it's funny i feel like i like the uh movies about like the behind the scenes stuff more than about the game like i like moneyball a lot which is all about yes. the the numbers and like behind the scenes stuff but um no i i don't blame you on that one but um but yeah, anything else you want to say on the shadow before we wrap up? I, I feel like no, we've said. No, I, I think we've said everything. Yeah, we're good. I, yeah, I feel like we've <laughs> like we covered a lot. I, uh, so um, it's a, still a very fun movie. Very unique. Yeah. Very yeah, different. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, again, probably my just least favorite of these four, but that's not an insult because I really love all these movies. So um, what if you had to pick a favorite of Dick Tracy, Rocketeer, Shadow, Phantom, which one would be your favorite? Okay, this is somewhat unfair because I haven't seen Dick Tracy in years. Oh, like so, it's like I can't say absolutely for sure. If you're pushing me right now, this second, (laughs) (laughs) I would say, and I hate myself for saying it because I want it to be the Rocketeer, but it isn't. It's the Phantom. I freaking really like the Phantom. I don't know why, but I like (laughs) it so much. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. The Phantom is a great time. I really, I think it's aged so well. I know it was. There was a point when I, I went through like my, I think I liked as a kid, even as a kid, I probably was my least favorite. Then I got in like teen years and I really was like, remember shitting all of our friends who would come on TV. Was like, oh, we were so stupid. It's purple suit. This is dumped. Like we really were crapping on it. And now I come full circle back around to be like, you know what? The Phantom is fun. Well, I was trying to be too cool for the Phantom. And, uh, you know, that was dumb because it's just a fun adventure movie. And it, again, it feels like a breath of fresh air in 2022 at this point. I'm like, oh, this is so fun and like different than things we get now <laughs> so yeah um, yeah so okay no i hey phantom school i'm down with that so um but i but did yeah. like what, yeah. the, the one that was like, important to me personally was like rocketeer because like rocketeer when i was a kid was like that was a straight superhero movie like in the time where i didn't really get that and i'm like hell yes this is the coolest thing ever like and it's like i watched it again now and i'm like i do like it still but i was like i i watched rocketeer and phantom like as a double feature like not too long ago and i was like I hate myself, but I like Phantom better. I don't know why, <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> no shame in that. Um, so, um, all right. Well, yeah, uh, I, I guess that's it on the shadow. Uh, this has been a ton of fun, though. Um, anything uh, you want to plug or like where people could follow you before we wrap up? Um, I have a link tree that is on, I think, all of my social media. Basically, I am Alleyway Crew, uh, A-L-L-E-Y-K-R-E-W on like most things, except for Instagram, where I'm Age of Apocalypse, and I don't, I don't have a good reason for why I'm not <laughs> Alleyway Crew there, other than I thought that was funny at the time and it stuck. But, um, and then like, that's pretty, but yeah, I mean, the link tree is anywhere if you like want to find me anywhere, that's where I am. Mostly I am most active on Twitter. Okay, cool. Yes, everyone should give you a follow. Uh, a fun, fun person to follow on there. Um, I just want to say too, I kind of do this at the top, but I kind of forgot that. So, so you, I'm glad we got to talk, but this kind of came about because Rob Antiquera was supposed to be on this episode. I think I told people that Rob Great would be on Rob. here. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, Rob has been dealing with a very tough uh, personal time. I won't, I won't go to details. Not my thing to tell, but uh, he couldn't be here. Um, but we love you, Rob. Uh, we're thinking about you. So um, I love you so much, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, everyone does. See, Rob's the best. So, um, but yes, thank you for filling in, Patrick. I appreciate oh, it. Absolutely. So, Anytime. Um, uh, so yeah, it's a great time. So yeah, for our stuff, um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Maplet87. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Film Feast Pod. Uh, you can follow me and the podcast on Instagram at Film Feast, all one word. Um, and that's it for this time, everybody. And I think when this episode drops, in a few days, the last day of the of June, I'm going to put out the Phantom episode, and it should be me and Mike Scott. So I'm looking forward to that one. So that is, um, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited about it. So yes, um, as you should be. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.